Welcome into NSN Tonight. He is Chris Murray. I'm Shannon Kelly. Thanks for joining us here on this football-filled Monday. It is August, so we are gearing up for football, Chris, college football, NFL, Lots of football, high school football. It's all here. <laughs> yeah, it's the first week of high school football. The AP Top 25 came out in college football. You were in Vegas to cover an NFL game uh, in the preseason. So definitely a ton going on. We're going to focus first and foremost, though, on the Nevada Wolfpack. The Wolfpack held their first scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday night. They're about halfway through fall camp, but the first time really the guys getting under the lights at Mackey Stadium. Chris, Ken Wilson and his staff really getting to evaluate these guys in a game-like situation. Yeah, it's one thing to do it in practice, but this is all about trust. Who can the coaches trust when they put them on the field in game-like situations? This was the first time of quote-unquote live fire and a chance for those players to go and show you can trust us if you put us into a game. So um, this was huge, the first of a couple of scrimmages that they will have. And uh, our Nikki Pika was out there and she had this report from Mackey Stadium on Saturday night. College football season is knocking on the door as the Wolfpack football team is roughly halfway through fall camp. Nevada held its first inter-squad scrimmage on Saturday evening at Mackey Stadium. Coach Wilson heads into his second season at the helm of the pack and is coming off a 2-10 record. After a grueling summer of workouts in the heat, the stakes are ramping up for players to solidify spots on the field and cohesiveness among the team. Yeah, we're 10 days in and we're, we're you know, they're a little tired out here. There was not quite the same energy. Um, I think it's a different, you know, that's why we wanted to do a night scrimmage uh, because they, it's long, they're long days. They're used to getting up in the morning, practicing and being done with it. And a lot of our games are at night and late in the afternoon. So we got to learn from that. We got to keep practicing that situation because I think we're a little, uh, you know, we looked a little tired at the start at the end, right there at the end, they're really playing. And, uh, but it took way too long to get going. And we get night games, they got to learn how to prepare that way. The talent pool runs deep with a thick lineup of Pac-12 transfers. In the 2022 season, the Wolfpack struggled to find a win in its final 10 games of the season. Along with the transfers comes a year of learning. After the first scrimmage of fall camp, this is what Coach Wilson had to say about what he saw. I thought Jax Leatherwood did a really, did a really nice job, really got the ball to a lot of guys. I thought some of the young receivers uh, look good. You know, uh, defensively out there, we didn't get any takeaways. We've been getting a lot of takeaways, something we preach and really work on. We didn't have a lot. We didn't have an interception. And, uh, you know, obviously our, our two place kickers are really good. I think we had two 40-plus uh, field goals into the win. So those are good things to see. You don't, you don't know how that's going to happen until they actually do that. So I thought that was uh, both, both place kickers did a good job and the punters did a good job tonight. The second and final scrimmage will be held next Sunday on August 20th. This will give the team one more opportunity to play in a game-like situation before heading down to USC on September 2nd to play in the season opener. At Mackey Stadium, I'm Nikki Pika, Nevada Sportsnet. All right, thanks for that, Nikki. As you can see in the video there, a lot of warm-ups <laughs> of the scrimmage as yeah. we are restricted from filming the scrimmage yeah. for Ken Wilson. So that was uh, Yeah, you probably want to see Mackey the big Stadium. plays and all right. that. But it uh, sounds like Jack Leatherwood played all right. So he is Nevada's true freshman quarterback, six foot eight. Obviously, if you are Coach Ken Wilson, you don't want USC seeing anything you're doing. Mm -hmm. Nevada going to be a 38-and-a-half-point underdog in that season opener. So certainly going to be a very stiff challenge against the preseason number six team in the country. That's where USC was placed by the AP Top 25 earlier today. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Jax is a very intriguing player in the long-term future. Is he going to play a lot this year? Probably not. You're probably looking at Brendan 
Lewis, who's going to be the starting quarterback to transfer from Colorado. He's a guy we've talked about a lot. You've seen Shane Illingworth, who played a lot of games for Nevada last season. I think he got a bit of a bad rap because he was injured with a hamstring injury, so he wasn't super mobile, so he was kind of a sitting duck back there. He certainly has some arm talent, but quarterback is going to be a big position. Offensive line for me is a big position. Then you look at the defensive secondary. So those are some of the battles that mm -hmm. are still up for grabs. We'll see who ends up winning it, but everybody likes to focus on the quarterback, and certainly that has been a big focal point for Nevada's offensive staff to find somebody who could play at a higher level than what we saw last year when Shane Ellingworth and Nate Cox split the reps at starting center, uh, quarterback. No doubt. As long with the offensive line, that's a position I'm very much looking forward to. Safety, who's going to fill in the roles of those former starters in Bentley Sanders and Tyson Williams this year. But quarterback Mike Stephenson had the chance to catch up with Brendan Lewis earlier, or I should say last week. Here's what he had to say. Of all the new faces set to don silver and blue this fall, fans are likely most excited about Brendan Lewis, Nevada's new quarterback aiming to make his presence felt after transferring from Colorado, where in 2021 he played in every single game, only to be benched in 2022. The Texas native bringing a dual threat option the Wolfpack simply hasn't had in recent years, and now with a full spring and summer under his belt, Lewis says he is ready to show why he came to the biggest little city. Coming out in fall camp, I feel good moving the ball down the field and stuff, having fun again, and it's really, really important. I've been a couple of places, people have uh, said my name, told me they were excited to see me playing, stuff like that. So that's always a warm feeling, you know, to have. And seeing the fans come to Mackey and watch this ball out and scoring touchdowns and hearing them, the crowd roar and things like that, I'm, I'm really excited for that. He has over 500 snaps at the Pac-12 level, so he's got um, a seniority, he's got a maturity to him. Obviously, his athletic ability pops, he's got a very strong arms and accurate passer. So um, he's the kind of guy that a coach is happy to be able to coach, and he's also a guy He's got a growth mindset. While with the Buffaloes, Lewis accounted for over 200 yards and three touchdowns against Ken Wilson's Oregon defense. That story led off the Pack's recruiting pitch. Quarterbacks coach Nate Costa saying their message was all about one word, opportunity. That's something that we assured him, hey, you're at least going to have an opportunity here to be a contributor. I'm not going to promise you any amount of reps or any guarantee of anything. Um, and I promise him that I will coach him as hard as I possibly can and pour myself into him just like I do with all the rest of my quarterbacks. And so far, I've kept that promise. I just like their vision and where, they, where they're trying to go with the program. You know, they're from, most of them guys are from Reno. They, been and lived around here. I like the feeling around here. I want the city to have success, and that's what we're going to strive to do. You know, I really just want to win games and bring that to the community, bring that to the fans, bring that to the coaches, because I feel like we all deserve that. Lewis left Boulder early last season after playing in just the first two games. So when Nevada hits the field at USC September 2nd, it will be nearly a full year since he has seen game action. Lewis telling me, I am chomping at the bit. At Wolfpack Park, Mike Stephenson, Nevada Sportsnet, so just a few weeks left until that season opener, Chris. And if you're head coach Ken Wilson right now, what do you probably want to see out of Lewis these next 10 practices or so yeah. before gearing up? For they USC? talk all about the leadership. you got to be a leader if you're going to be a quarterback. And I think, again, that's somewhere where Nevada kind of struggled at the quarterback position last year. So has he completely taken over this locker room? Does everybody believe in him that he's going to lead them to getting a lot of points? And I think when you're looking at Brendan Lewis, there's got to be a hunger there because he was a starter as a redshirt freshman starts the first game of his sophomore season, then is benched, and as Mike said, enters the transfer portal. He probably thought his career was going swimmingly early on, and then, you know, the Colorado staff didn't believe in him. He wants to get back to that level where he's starting again. So, um, you know, I think the dual threat ability, the ability to run is really going to help because of Nevada's issues on the offensive line. But if he has that leadership trait, that trait where everybody believes that he is a guy who can win games for the Wolfpack, I think that'd be huge. 
So that season opener at USC, September 2nd. It'll be here before we know it, Chris. Coming up next here on NSN Tonight, we'll take a look at the NFL ranks. Talk about that next. Second and goal. Love looking, lofting, Dobbs caught. Touchdown, Green Bay. A new NFL season is here. Romeo Dobbs scoring the first preseason touchdown of the year for Green Bay. No surprise there. Two receptions for 21 yards with that touchdown in the win against the Bengals. And a few other uh, Wolfpack alums also uh, getting some action this weekend. Yeah, we as saw well. uh, Cole, Cole Turner. Turner with the Washington Commanders. Yeah. He was a teammate, obviously, of Romeo and a, a roommate. Uh, those two plus Carson Strong. So we actually got a chance, our sister station in Washington, D.C., to catch up with Cole Turner heading into his second season with the Washington Commanders. And this is what the former Wolfpack tight end had to say as part of that conversation. I feel a lot more comfortable. I mean, me and Coach Bienemy have a great relationship. You know, we talk a lot. He's he's very straightforward with me and very honest. And I feel like we have a good amount of trust between us. So that really helps with the comfortability on the field when you know what someone expects of you and of, of what you expect of them. So I think that I'm building that trust in not only him, but the quarterbacks as well with Sam and Jacoby and the rest of my teammates. I think every single day we've gotten closer and we've kind of grown at his offense together. I know your rookie year didn't go the way you wanted it to go injuries, you know, your hamstring. How frustrating was that kind of looking back on that now? Yeah, it was frustrating, but like you said, uh, it's a learning experience. You know, I, I learned a lot and I learned how to take care of my body. I learned what I, what I needed to do to show up every day and be ready and be healthy. Um, I learned where I needed to be at as a player and what's kind of being expected of me. So, you know, it is what it is and you've got to let the past go and move on and that's what I'm doing. Something that just stood out to me, you said you learned how to kind of take care of your body. Explain what you did differently in the off season because I told you off camera you look leaner. Um, what did you do? Uh, yeah, like, like we were talking, um, I, I lost some weight, just a couple pounds. Um, learned down my lean down my my body mass percentage to uh, I'm, so I'm moving a lot better. Um, I just feel good with where I'm at. You know, I worked a lot on my speed and quickness and kind of explosive movement. So I think that that really helped a lot as far as and it's translated onto the field. Football was in action in Las Vegas. The Raiders took down the 49ers 34-7. Las Vegas rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell was on display. The former Purdue quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo didn't see the field on Sunday, but uh, it was quite the game for Las Vegas. Their defense, four sacks on the day, one interception, one fumble recovery. Here's what head coach Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers had to say after this one. I thought we ran to the football on defense. I thought we covered, you know, with some physicality in the kicking game. Um, I thought we started the game running the ball decent. You know, they were a tough team to run it against and we made some chunk plays. And so, I mean, I think they understand uh, the way we feel about playing and how we see winning. And I think you could see that on the sideline. I felt it on the sideline from a number of the guys that weren't playing, uh, just how locked into the situations they were, what the call was. There was a lot of conversations being had about, you know, you know, the call and the situation defensively or, you know, what they were seeing on the field. So um, that's all you can ask for. We got two good practices against them. Um, I always like it when you can do that. And we practice real hard the second day, especially with all the ones. So that's always good. So we don't have to dress any of them today. And, you know, I didn't enjoy that game by any means today. Um, but a lot of guys got a lot of valuable reps and gives them a chance to make our team and gives them a chance for us to coach them up tomorrow. 
So as Shanahan mentioned, a lot of the ones were not dressed. That included McQueen Hylum. Brandon Ayuk, he saw a lot of reps on Friday at joint practice. He set career highs in catches, receptions, and touchdowns last season. And he was not dressed there on Sunday, Chris, as he enters his fourth season in the NFL this year. Coming up next here on NSN tonight, Chris sits down with John Polson, the former Damani Ranch head baseball coach. That conversation right after this. Welcome back to NSN tonight. We're sitting here in the Legends Bay Lounge, powered by Circus Sports, with now former Damani <laughs> Ranch baseball coach John Polson. Uh, I guess how does the former sound? You recently retired after yeah. 20 years as the Mustangs head baseball coach. Well, first, th thanks for having me, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different uh, title for sure. I uh, held that title for a long time, and um, yeah, it's been an emotional couple weeks for sure. I've heard from, you know, lots of ex-players, uh, <clears throat> you know, college coaches, uh, former coaches of mine, um, colleagues. It's been a pretty emotional couple weeks, so... I'm glad I didn't have to do this the first week, let's put it that way. <laughs> the only head coach in Damani Ranch baseball program history. The school opened in 2003, but you're telling me you actually hired in 2002 yeah. before the you know field was even built and the school was even built. And uh, just take us back to the memory of driving out there and knowing this was going to become a high school and knowing you were going to be a part of it. Yeah, it was uh, nothing but tractors, no fences. Uh, you know, just uh, luckily Serena Robb, uh, gave me a, a young coach a chance and going up there with Monty is today and lots of houses and there wasn't much of that out there then so uh, it's Damani's come a long way uh, I think Damani Ranch baseball's come a long way um, and obviously our school's come a long way so yeah, yeah. Uh, more than 300 wins in your career I guess when you look back at what you guys were able to accomplish starting a program from nothing and building it up to what it became, a couple of state tournament bursts, including mm -hmm. this last year. I guess, yeah. what's the thing you're most proud of with the program you guys built? Um, I, I think just uh, the infrastructure of the, of the facility. Um, obviously, the wins came. Um, those, are, those are always special, but most, mostly the relationships with players, uh, coaches. A lot of players have come back to coach for me. Um, I have, my pitching coach now is an ex-player of mine. My head JV coach is an ex-player of mine. Um, so I'm most proud of the relationships. Uh, kids are excited to come back and be a part of the program. Um, I think the program's in a great place, obviously, to coming off of a state uh, tournament berth. Um, I think facility-wise, the program's uh, got some room for growth still, and, and, and that's somebody else's job. So, but I'm, I'm super proud of all those things. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of the longevity. I, um, you know, I've seen a lot of coaches come and go at Damani Ranch, and I've been there the whole time since we opened our doors. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of transitions for, for all, a lot of different programs, but for us, it's been a very stable thing. And, um, and I think that's, that's led to a lot of our successes on the field. Um, but I'm, I'm extremely proud, still wear my gear, uh, very proud. And I'm looking forward to watching some games and um, seeing who the next coach uh, is and, and, and how they're going to take it. Yeah, when you look back at the kind of impact you were trying to have on these kids, I guess, what were you trying to impart in them before they went away to college or started their, you know, life work um, to make sure that they were going to be successful after you got done with them? Yeah, great, great question. Um, you know, I try to build a really good culture in our program, and that was part of uh, working hard. I felt like um, 
we were a group of blue-collar kids that had to work really hard, and uh, we kind of hung our hats on that. And we were just hard-working kids, and I taught them if they did things the right way and, and, and uh, you know, acted the right way, that, that things would always work out for them. I had a couple of, uh, f you know, four pillars in our program. One was academics. One, one was professionalism. Um, another was integrity. Those are all things that, you know, professionalism that just I taught them to um, that would always make them be successful in life and way 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 bigger than uh, the baseball field so. when you look at your couple decades coaching there I guess how, how did coaching change obviously you know it was probably a little bit different in the early 2000s than where it is right now in the 2020s I guess how did you navigate that and still remain successful yeah it was um, I guess I didn't necessarily notice the transition but it, it was it, it's it's very clear now, you know. I think I was a much more aggressive coach when I was younger. <laughs> uh, when I was a younger coach, I think part of that was just I maybe mellowed out a little bit. But um, yeah, there are some things that happened in 2000s, early 2000s. <laughs> I probably couldn't get away with now. But um, yeah, it's 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 definitely changed. Um, uh, the kids have changed a little bit, so we've had to, you know, change our ways a little bit too to relate to the kids, mm -hmm. you know, and. A lot of things have changed. Now, obviously, being a teacher, I get the op opportunity to see that more than just on the baseball field. I get to kind of, I get to kind of uh, have that lab in the classroom as well. So, yeah, you're not done teaching, so you'll continue that for a couple of years. Why was now the right time to to step away from baseball? Uh, great question. Um, I just, I just felt like I didn't have the uh, the juice uh, to do what I've done and do it the right way that I like to do it and I just it, it sucked so much energy out of me that I that I was you know had some other areas in my life that I needed to put some energy into and so I felt like you know we had a successful year um, I, we did it with uh, kind of a skeleton crew of coaching staff that's another thing it's really difficult to get coaches hired now and, you know, I was coaching two positions and being a head coach, um, you know, obviously handling a lot of other things. It's a huge job, but it, 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 was, it, was, uh, it, was, a t it was a great season. Great kids, unbelievable group of kids, uh, overachieving over, over group, and um, I was just kind of, out of, out of out of energy. Yeah. And I kind of felt like this is a good time for me to, you know, focus on some other areas of my life, yeah. I'm sure you got a lot of messages once you did announce that you were moving on to the next step. Is there one that hit you emotionally the hardest or that you just kind of reflected back and so that's, you know, really Yeah, I just, I, I, there were so many. Uh, Chris, to be honest, I, I uh, ex-coach, it was great hearing from, you know, you know, uh, you know, you know, lots of different college coaches. Coach Bruce reached out, um, Coach Johnson reached out. You know, um, obviously, you know, one of my mentors, you know, Pete Savage and every coach in the league reached out to me, which was awesome and had a lot of kind words. Um, Ex-players were probably the most emotional, though, you know, um, players that had said things like uh, you changed the path of my life. Um, those are things that I'll never forget, you know. Yeah. So obviously that's what you're trying to do as a teacher and as a coach so sure. you certainly sure. accomplished your goal but I guess yeah. what, what excites you for the next era of Damani Ranch baseball I'm sure you'll still be out at the games like you said sure uh, um, honestly just watching it grow continue to grow you know I think it's we've, we've set the foundation um, 
like I said, I think there's room for growth. Uh, we, we've got some catching up to do with facility-wise, uh, you know, in our area. And so there's, there's room for growth. And there's, um, we've done a whole lot of things. And I did want to take a second to, there's just been so many, so many, so many people in this community that helped build our program. You know, a lot of people like give me credit for that, but it's, it's, it's our amazing community that has gotten behind Damani Ranch and our school and, and, and more specifically our baseball program. And I can't really can't thank them enough. And when I, when, I, when I say the word we as a baseball program, I truly mean that. And that starts with my wife, uh, my two boys who had to make a lot of sacrifices for me to be doing what I was doing for 20 years. And then also the community and last but certainly not least is a huge long list of assistant coaches that um, go out there and spend a lot of hours for very, very little pay. So, so he is John Polson, the uh, former head coach at Money Ranch Baseball, one of the best high school coaches in Thank Nevada you. State history. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank and you for very much for having me. I appreciate those nice comments. Okay, we'll be right back on NSN tonight after this break. Back here on NSN Tonight, high school football starts this week. Our countdown to kickoff previews continue. Taking a look today at the Reed Raiders. Here's head coach Garrett Hughes. Well, this is a really physical group. Um, they compete and they play hard, practice hard. Um, you know, but I think that experience is a big piece of it and, and the depth that comes with having a lot of guys that have experience, I think, is going to be strengths for us. Not having Spencer Fireball in the mix, uh, you know, how do you hope some of the younger guys learned from him last year to kind of ensue that role? Yeah, I mean, Spencer was obviously a stud for us, um, but he'll be the first one to tell you a lot of a lot of the yards he got was thanks to the guys up front blocking for him. We turned three of our five starters on the offensive line, um, and we feel really good about the backs that we've got um, this year, you know, and uh, we've got three different guys, you know, competing for carries right now, um, and they all bring a little bit different elements to the game and think they can all contribute for us. And, uh, we definitely expect to be able to run the ball behind our line um, and hopefully be a little more balanced and uh, keep teams honest with the passing game, too. Coming up next here on NSN Tonight, we have a special episode coming your way. Gloria Navarra is the Mountain West Commissioner joins us in studio, Chris. Yeah, she actually lives up in Tahoe, so we got her to come into the studio and talk about all this conference learning alignment, how it's going to impact the Mountain West and Nevada. So that conversation coming up right after this show. Stay tuned. You can also catch the full thing on NevadaSportsNet.com. We'll see you next time.